2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, The Armstrong and Getty Show. But I also think it's
3: important we do two things at the Olympics in China. Number one, that we actually show the courage the Women's Tennis Association is showing mm-hmm. to call out the murder, the genocide, the torture, the lies, the complicity in COVID-19 of the Chinese communist government to speak the truth. And then number two, I really hope our young men and women that they go over there and kick their commie asses. We need to win yes. in the Olympics. U.S.A.
4: That's- U.S.A. U.S.A. Ted Cruz with
3: his weird mullet haircut.
4: He's no Ted Lasso. Ted Cruz.
3: McConnell in the front, party in the back. <laughs> um, uh. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board with uh, boycotting the Olympics. I don't think we should go. I don't think the world should participate. We have the Olympics somewhere else. Announce it today. Los Angeles is going to have the Olympics. Or Atlanta or Paris or wherever the hell you want to have them that's had Olympics before and has the stadiums. And i'm I'm 100 100 percent boycott guy, but uh, and there are more voices saying that, but it's getting a little late in the games to uh, to, to do that.
4: Oh, yeah, the logistics would be just insurmountable, I think. I mean, I love the idea, but I mean you've got to accommodate you know not only the games themselves but the athletes and the coaches and trainers and stuff like that. Colleges are in session in January. I mean, if it was the summertime, you could probably make it work. Um. Well, wait a minute. This is the Winter Olympics, isn't it? Correct. You're gonna have them in L.A. That's gonna suck. That hadn't even occurred to me. You know, that's a decent point. <laughs> You're gonna have downhill skiing. What? There's like a one percent grade on Mulholland for about a block.
3: <laughs> okay. Uh, formerly Squaw Valley, or uh, Park, Park City, Utah, where they've had Two it Mormon. before. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
4: Two cocaine. It's really
3: hilarious now you think about it. <laughs> Let's have the in Winter LA. Olympics in Atlanta.
4: It's a the speed place where... skating is not going to be very speedy if you're holding in L.A. Oh, cross-country skiing. From... Oh, 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 that's going to be a grind. <laughs> scrape, scrape, <laughs> scrape, scrape.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, How much weight do people plan to gain... By the end of the year, I'll have that for you in a second, but I want to hit you with a couple other things. This just out, U.S. is not as advanced as China and Russia in hypersonic tech, the Space Force General warns. You remember Trump started a new branch of the military called the Space Force? He was mocked for that, as I recall. Now that you got Russia shooting satellites out of the sky and whatnot, it seems like a pretty good idea to have a Space Force, but a top Space Force official admitted on Saturday that the U.S. has catching up to do very quickly. To match Beijing's hypersonic capability, that's uh, shortly after China successfully launched a missile that circled the globe, really without us knowing it and striking a target. Russia also launched a hypersonic missile from a warship in the Arctic, underscoring how quickly Washington, D.C.'s two primary competitors are racing ahead of us in the technology. And he just flat out said, General David Thompson... Uh, at an appearance at the Halifax International Security Forum, we're not as advanced as China or Russia in terms of hypersonic weapons.
4: Boy, I wondered that when the uh, the Chinese tested that weapon. I thought, surely no, we that's, haven't permitted that, have we? That's scary, man. Wow, not that's good. scary. Yeah, heck yeah, that's not
3: good. So we can have, we do have had for decades and decades the best stop. Intercontinental ballistic missiles, ICBMs, we can stop those all day long. We're the best at it in the world. Have been forever. My whole life. Don't make any difference if you send one of those nukes over on one of those hypersonic planes. Doesn't make any difference at all. Wow. That's the way technology changes, man, and always has in the history of war. You have the greatest defense against this. They come up with that, and all of a sudden, you're back to square one. Good news, though, on that front. Square
4: one? Square one? Like, uh, you know, picking nits out of each other's hair and eating berries or or what? Well, trying to figure out your defense. Oh, yeah. You're on top, now you're on the bottom. So, okay,
3: got to figure this out.
4: Oh, I was already post-apocalypse. Oh, gotcha. Um, Learning to enjoy the taste of human flesh, et cetera. Henry Kissinger,
3: who seems to have been rehabilitated some in his old age as he's almost 100 years old, He was like
4: and reincarnated too. What's is he still alive? Yeah,
3: Henry Kissinger, and he did an interview yesterday with Fareed Zakaria on CNN. He was Secretary of State under Ford, National Security Advisor under Nixon. I mean, fifty freaking years ago. But anyway, he's still considered one of the great thinkers in the world, and um, he's got that new book out about AI, for instance. Anyway, he he says he expects it to be at least ten years before China would move militarily on Taiwan. I hope he's right. Hmm. So that's that.
4: Now, well, he he was among the best and brightest while we were all being fooled as to China's true intentions. So I don't know. Maybe he's right.
3: Yeah, he was part of opening China up. Turns out China allowed us in as opposed to the other way around. Oh. I'd never heard of this before. There's a survey called the Writing Off the End of the Year Survey. Hmm. Exploring the eating habits of thousands of Americas uh, to get an idea of what we're planning. And uh, for the writing off the end of the year, and there's a certain bit of that. I don't know at what point it hits, but you don't feel like you're going to get any more work done. You don't feel like you're going to get any more clients signed. You don't feel like you're going to get, you know... Get you're you're not going to start your big diet plan. You are just all these different things that you just kind of write off the end of the year. We'll start January first, right? Right, sure. It's always seemed kind of weird to me because it crosses off a lot of the year, but whatever.
1: Know, maybe it's
3: good for us. Maybe it is. You know what? On that topic, Target announced today they're going to be closed on Thanksgiving. Good. And uh, and they and they they closed last year for the pandemic, and they said this year they're clo- closing just because their employees liked it. They're going to close, and I'm hoping that after that weird trend, when I was a kid, everything was closed on Thanksgiving, you wouldn't even have thought, wouldn't even have crossed your mind that you could go to some open store on Thanksgiving. To everything being open, because we have to get a jump start on Black Friday, so we're going to make all our employees miserable by making them be here at work all day on the best family holiday of the freaking year. Now it's maybe the pendulum swinging back the other direction. I'd say Target being closed on Thanksgiving is a pretty big indicator of something.
4: Mm-hmm. I will reward them with my consumer dollars. Cool. I'm a Target. Vote with my wallet.
3: I uh, hold Target stock, so I have to announce that or something. I get in trouble with the SEC.
4: What are you um, like a forty percent stakeholder, or do you have a majority of shares at this point?
3: <laughs> I haven't checked it in years, though. But it, wait, jeez, it's probably one of those stocks that's done pretty good because I bought a fair amount many years ago. It's almost certainly got to be. You haven't checked in years. No. Oh. I have people who check that stuff. They they, they decide. Oh, okay. This is a good idea or it's a bad idea. Um, So the fourth annual writing off the end of the year survey, the average American expects to gain eight pounds over the next month. Eight's a lot.
4: Eight? Yeah. No. Good Lord. No, 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 no. I can't do that.
3: This is more than previous years. Up from six extra pounds in previous years for 4 in 10 people, 40% of people, that's in addition to the weight that they gained during the pandemic. Of those people, the average respondent says they gained a pound or more during the entire pandemic, the quarantine 15, people are calling it. Uh the the 40% of the people in the survey. So dang near half said they gained the quarantine 15 and now expect to gain another 8. That puts you at 23. I don't know how tall yeah. you are, but unless you're 8 feet tall, that's...
4: That's not good. It's not good no. for your health, fans, folks. No, Come on, no. everybody. It's all pulled together. Let's have a small, just a little sliver. Give me just a little sliver of that pie. Do you remember and how... And a sliver of the other one. And a sliver of the third. Thank you.
3: Until it's gone. But if I eat it one sliver at a time, it adds up slower, doesn't it? Or something? Uh, it's sitting there on the stove with saran wrap on it. Maybe I'll just wander over it
4: just, <laughs> right. just a little just a bit bite more. while I watch this game. Sure, right. Um don't want it to go bad. That'd be a waste.
3: Oh, yeah, exactly. Don't want to waste anything. Um, uh, remember how hard it is to get that pound off? And, well, who am I? What kind of fun suck am I bringing that yeah. up? Yeah, I'll bring that up in January. January, we'll discuss this. We'll all join a gym. We'll buy yes. some new athleisure clothes that we probably yes. got for Christmas. Yes. Oh, I look good in this athleisure, don't I? I know what, Fitbit. We'll all get a new Fitbit. That'll do it. Some your
4: clothes and join a gym January 1st. Huh? Exactly. Exactly. It's as good as off already, the new weight. Please. Jeez, that was simple. I hardly even got used to it. Now it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um,
3: got more news on the scumbag that drove his car through the crowd at the parade. Is That is a breaking news story. If you heard that one from yesterday up in Wisconsin, terrible, terrible story.
4: Yeah, here's your your headline. Career criminal who never, ever should have been on the streets.
3: That happens way too much.
4: Oh, yeah, especially, you know, speaking of the vid, especially during vid, because you can't keep anybody in jail because they might get sick. This guy's 39 years old. He's going to be fine. If he's not, it's his own damn fault. Not even a close call to me. So Build
3: Back Better still on the uh, radar. Still could happen. And Reason Magazine is out today saying it's going to ruin America, more or less. Certainly change a lot of different aspects of America, and nobody's paying any attention. That, among other things, on the way.
5: Armstrong and Getty.
4: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: A
3: man surprised his girlfriend by bringing her on stage to propose to her during an Adele concert. Then they sat down and listened to an hour of songs about divorce. <laughs> I haven't listened to the new Adele album. As a guy who's going through that myself, I should listen to that and see if it rings true. Hmm. Is that what I want, though? Is that going to make my life better?
4: I don't know. I, I don't think I would, but I don't know.
3: I don't know either. You know. Who would she be writing it for then? Oh, she did an interesting thing. Um, she made Apple Music, Spotify, somebody, um, not shuffle her album. She said the songs are in an order on purpose, and I, that's a bothered me by a lot of streaming services. I'll dial up an album, and they play me the songs in random order. No, no, I want them mm-hmm. in the order that the that they put them in. Come on,
4: now. yeah, yeah. I know that's out of style. It's antiquated thinking. So we mentioned, albums.
3: we mentioned this a little bit earlier, so I don't know if you're aware of this story. They had a their traditional Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, yesterday afternoon. And a uh, guy drove an SUV into the crowd, 40 injured, including lots of children, a lot of them really bad. Five people died. It's terrible. There's a video out of it. I haven't watched. I don't know why you'd want to watch something like that.
4: But, no, no. Horrific.
3: Uh, anyway, they took a guy into custody. And a career criminal, as Joe mentioned, also a rapper named Daryl Brooks. But his math name is Math Boy Fly. Boy spelled B-O-I.
4: Math Boy Fly? Yeah. And apparently
3: he got in some sort of fight at the park and jumped in his car and decided to kill a whole bunch of people, including little kids and a grandma.
4: And he's uh, not only a career criminal with a long rap sheet, including multiple violent felonies. But he's got several outstanding cases against him right now. But he was on the streets on a $1,000 bail or bond, whatever it was. But 1000 bucks got him free to to predate, to prey on more of the poor people of Waukesha with this result. Put the scumbags in jail. I don't care about the COVID. I'm tired of hearing about it.
3: I feel like I need something that's kind of good news. Uh, and I got something that's kind of good news. Do you, you told us the story last week about the ex-New York Times reporter that says the paper held on to a story she had written about the Kenosha riots until after the 2020 election? Mm-hmm. What was yeah. the story that she wanted to get on? Oh, it was something about how um, uh, the peaceful protests had turned into uh, horrifying oh, uh, just oh, oh. riots.
4: It was that the riots had predominantly damaged businesses and homes of people of color. That they were a disaster for the black people of Kenosha, for instance, black business people in particular.
3: And the New York Times stopped that story from running until after the election. That is just absolutely amazing. Yeah. I mean, just so freaking troubling. Um, But so I was happy to see this out of the Washington Post that I came across over the weekend. Let me find this real quick for you. Um, I was planning on doing something else, but I decided I wanted something that's a little more uplifting, a little something I could look forward to. Can the Washington Post de-snark the news? Sally Busby, the Washington Post executive editor, discusses the future of news in the media. Now, this is a podcast, and I didn't get a chance to listen to it, but I read some of the uh, the, the 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 highlights out of it. In May, Sally Busby became the first woman to be hired for one of the most coveted jobs in journalism: executive editor of the Washington Post. Since then, if you've noticed any stories in the Washington Post since May, and we have, that you were kind of surprised by, it's her doing. Hmm, since okay. then, Busby has overseen ambitious digital investigations into the January 6th Capitol attack um, uh, from a slightly different perspective than they've been doing before. How countries' climate pledges are based on flaw information. flawed information. I did that story a couple of weeks ago. That was their front-page story on how these countries are uh, lying about their climate change stuff and using flawed information out of the Washington Post. And she also did the, uh, oh, all the corrections about the steel dossier. New York ah. Times hasn't done that. CNN hasn't done that. MSNBC hasn't done that. Only the Washington Post issued all those corrections to a bunch of stories about the steel dossier saying they got it wrong. And this new person that's in charge of this at the Washington Post, this woman said, I don't want to give up on any reader. Certainly there are people who are not going to trust the Washington Post, but I don't think we want to give up on big swaths of the world.
4: Interesting.
3: I thought that was really something. Clearly. So is that Bezos? That's got to be Bezos's decision, right? It's got to go that high. It has to. He's the owner of the paper.
4: Yeah, I suspect so. I'm not sure to what extent her attitude that you're describing was clear when she was interviewed, but I'll bet it was.
3: Well, it's been going on for several months now, over around three really big stories where she took a decidedly not Washington Post view of things based on my recent reading of that newspaper. So yeah. I, I I see that as a one of the few rays of sunshine I've seen in the entire media landscape in a very, very long time that she is saying, we don't want to cut out giant swaths of possible readers that we just discount because we're going to be so, you know, woke um, that we drive people away. Now... I don't know. I hope that helps helps readership. It'll take a long time to get certain people back to ever caring about that newspaper.
4: Well, I was just going to say this is either the first sign that the pendulum has begun swinging back towards sanity, or this will be cited as the last gasp of a foregone era before we move into the permanent... Uh, you know, wildly partisan media of the future. I don't know. You've caught me in a rare
3: moment of optimism. When we come back from the breaking of play, you something from Bill Maher's show on HBO Friday night. He is a very influential uh, liberal who's definitely on the right side of this stuff. You got this stuff from the Washington Post. Maybe it is. Maybe we reached the far end of crazy. I sure as hell hope so, because it's been so crazy.
4: Um, We'll hear that when we come back, but Yeah, I'm the pessimistic one this time, which is interesting. But, yeah, okay, make your case. I will sit like the Rittenhouse jury and and judge with, uh, with honor and integrity. Armstrong and Getty.
2: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
5: And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like
3: the U.S. and Europe.
1: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
3: And then you have China.
1: The Armstrong
3: and Getty Show. You know, I was about to say, I come off as a Bill Maher fanboy, playing a lot of Bill Maher from his show, but I'll tell you what drives it for me is, and it's probably a bad business model, um, if, if Joe and I were smart, we'd be like other outlets where we're trying to make things worse. We're trying to inflame things, because that seems to be where the clicks and the eyeballs and the listeners are.
4: Um, Well, and never challenge anybody's uh, opinions they walked in with, ever.
3: And I I always like this Bill Maher stuff because he's a lefty compared to me, a super liberal, who agrees with me on a bunch of the important stuff that's happening right now. I've paid to see Bill Maher a couple of times in my life, including one time where I almost walked out. I was so pissed off about the stuff he was saying. And yeah. I finally thought, that's ridiculous. Sit here. It's not going to kill you to listen. But Because I just was, he was too liberal, snurdly. Yeah, on a couple of top was just like, F you, F you and your condescension of people like me. I don't mm. want to hear that crap I'm leaving. Can't believe right. I paid for this. But I sat and listened. But, but so, uh, trust me, I don't always agree with him. And, you know, I've hated so many of his positions still do. But on this particular topic, when he was doing his whole new rules thing on his Friday night uh, HBO show, I thought this was some pretty good stuff.
6: Your microaggression culture doesn't play in the Rust Belt. If a staffer hands you a speech that says menstruating people instead of women, don't say that. Say women. James Carville knew how to win. And he blamed the Democratic losses this November 2nd on stupid wokeness. To which AOC fired back that wokeness is a term almost exclusively used by older people these days. So that should tell you all you need to know. What? (laughs) This is a term folks like you brought out very recently and have been proudly displaying it every March since. Just last year, The Guardian declared woke the word of our era. I guess they didn't get the memo from the Mean Girls Club. What a great strategy, never missing an opportunity to remind voters how lame and clueless and hopelessly uncool they are, especially since those are the ones who actually vote.
3: Yeah, he's talking about his advice to the Democratic Party, um, but I think that's good advice just in general for the country. And I love that idea of AOC. That's a woke is something old people say. Okay, so you've declared it now uncool. You're always one step ahead of us on what's cool and okay to say. How's that working in terms of getting votes?
6: You know what woke means? It means you're a loser, which is
3: a pretty good question. He's got a little more to say on this topic and then we can discuss
6: But okay, fine. What word would you like us to use for the plainly insane excesses of the left that are not liberalism, but something completely different? Because you can't have that word liberal from us and think it should cover things like canceling Lincoln and teaching third graders their oppressors. That's all your new thing. A more pertinent question to ask about the word woke might be, Why in such a short time has it gone from a rallying cry to a pejorative? If the word only made you think of rational, deserved causes like teaching a less whitewashed version of American history, AOC would still want to own it. But it's a joke because it makes you think of people who wake up offended and take orders from Twitter and their oversensitivity has grown tiresome. (laughs) That said, (laughs) That said, I would love to have AOC on this show. There's so much to admire there. I was one of her first supporters for the Green New Deal idea. But that will probably never happen, because Democrats don't go anywhere these days where they're not pre-adored. And that's my last bit of advice to them. Go where the amen corner isn't. Do Fox News. Be brave. Come here. Go everywhere. Winning is about expanding the electorate.
3: Um,
4: wow! If he's in charge of the green, or in favor rather of the Green New Deal, we definitely are not ideological brethren. No, no, but in in terms of the whole insane woke thing, sure we can join together.
3: Yeah, and so it's, that gives you an idea of how far out of the mainstream the AOC crowd is. They're like unicorns, practically. I mean, they're just like a tiny percentage of weirdos. Yeah. But they've dominated mm-hmm. the conversation in this country, and they've dominated the conversation to the point that the company you work for is scared of them.
4: Right. And is teaching you that to Robin D'Angelo Ibram X. Kendi, garbage, it, it, it compulsory, uh, you know, mind numbing reeducation camps.
3: And if you say or do something that runs afoul of that tiny sliver of weirdos, you end up losing your job.
4: Right. You know, the Republican Party is no treat at this point. I got a list of complaints. But, you know, if I was just hardcore about getting Republicans uh, elected, I would just I'd soft pedal this discussion, man. I wouldn't say a thing. The big newspapers, the big uh, alphabet networks and cable channels and everybody in the wake of, for instance, the, the loss of the Virginia governorship. Saying that all the all the things that the motivated the suburban voters were fantasies or paranoia, they're wrong. They're stupid. They, they they they're not real problems. They're just, yeah, keep saying that to voters. Keep telling them their most heartfelt concerns are either stupid or paranoid schizophrenia. And see how that does you in the next election.
3: When even Bill Maher is saying it's ridiculous to cancel Lincoln or try to tell a bunch of third graders that they're racists.
4: Yeah, they're oppressors.
3: Yeah, that's I can't something. even spell it. I want uh, I want us to go back to being a saner country. So I'm I'm happy Bill Maher is saying that, and I, I just I hope we can somehow shed the craziest people out there, and find that giant chunk that is most of us.
4: Right. You know I was going to accuse the uh, congressional staffers and the journalists of being unduly swayed by the unicorns that you were describing, the the squad and people of their ilk, the social justice nut jobs. Um, on the other hand, you know, the most vocal folks are generally the most out there. And and on the right, it exists on the right, too, absolutely. The 3% of you who are the most nut-jobby make a tremendous <laughs> amount of noise. Yeah, and it works. You know, I wish there were some sort of real-time, uh, I don't even know how it would work, some algorithm that w- when you all write some c- c- cuckoo bird email or text to us, you know, it could be right there in the upper right corner. This person represents 1.3% of the electorate. You know, that would be helpful.
3: Um, seems like there's one more thing I wanted to update people on. News story of the day. The Rittenhouse happened over the weekend. He's on Tucker tonight. We've discussed that, and we'll have highlights tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um have you been he's following?
4: a well-spoken young
3: man. Pretty clearly, yeah. I oh, I think this will be interesting. I had no idea what he was going to sound like till I heard those clips that we played. Um uh, have you read any about the how the Tucker got the interview? Apparently no. he's been embedded in that uh whole court case for a very long time like he lined up the exclusive way back.
4: Mm. Yeah, I could I could picture that. There's been a lot of crowd funding and popular support uh, related fundraising for Kyle Rittenhouse's defense and all that. And I'm, I can easily picture Tucker and people in his orbit having participated in that.
3: I was reading a little more about that judge who is seen as a progressive. He was put in there by a progressive governor. Is that who put him in? Um, uh, and now he's being called a white supremacist by yeah. you know half the media. That's got to yeah. be spinning his right around like, what?
4: Yeah. Well, it's based on nothing. Uh, certainly nothing factual. Kyle Rittenhouse, never a single, not a single whiff of any association with anything that could be called white supremacist or anything. Nothing. And yet that uh, narrative is the number one narrative on the alphabet networks in the wake of the verdict, which is, it's disturbing. I mean, yeah. People's willingness to just go with fiction and pitch it as hard as they can because it gets more clicks, gets more uh, contributions, gets more eyes and ears, I guess. I don't know.
3: Oh, we talked about this earlier. I'm looking up at the uh, CBS COVID Holiday Concerns and we got Dr. Fauci on there. They continue to ask him, "Is it okay for families to get together? For those of you who ask the government if you can get together for Thanksgiving, I guess.
4: Are there I, any real people or thinking, know. God, I wish I knew what Dr. Fauci had to I say I about do, Fauci! Thanksgiving." Hail Hail Fauci! Fauci! That's right.
3: I don't actually have a sense of that. If if there there is a big Constituency of people that are thinking: Should we get together for Thanksgiving? I don't, you know, I don't. I only interact with the small world that I'm in, but nobody's even brought up COVID,
4: much less. I wonder what Doctor Fauci says, honey. Have you heard Doctor Fauci say anything about this Thanksgiving? What again? I mean, my algorithm: one tenth of one percent of people have ever even had that thought.
3: The New York Times had a uh, a little quiz you can take. Can you have your holiday gathering this year? Go through this checklist, and it's got, like, a series of questions you answer to see if the New York Times thinks it's okay if you get together for... Again, are there people doing this? (laughs) And like you said earlier... I will not be
4: completing that checklist, no.
3: And like you said earlier, you think the very people asking Fauci on TV this question... They aren't
4: concerned about it. Oh no, they'll be photographed wearing no mask at a giant gathering of their friends and family.
3: And I'm thinking the whoever wrote their article for the New York Times came up with the checklist. They're going to get together for Thanksgiving with people and not think twice about it. So well, who's and this- just to complete the uh,
4: the illustration, soul freaking Dr. Fauci. <laughs> He'll be there with a turkey leg in his face, enjoying uh friends and family. So who is this performance for then? I I don't know, it's for nobody. I or 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 it exists for for only for itself. It's it's there's no constituency for it. It's just what we expect so they do it.
3: Now, Michael, I'm guessing you got a big family thing cuz all your yeah, family lives right around yeah. here. Has COVID come up as a conversation? Uh, not at
4: all. <laughs> not at all.
3: <laughs> I, just, I don't Huh. I've had a number of conversations with a number of different people about Thanksgiving plans the last couple of weeks and nobody's ever mentioned the word COVID.
4: Hmm. Yeah, we've suspended the ceremonial sneezing on the cheesecake ritual <laughs> that we usually have done as a family, but that's really the only compromise. Yeah, I,
6: I don't see my family
4: canceling over newspaper survey results. Yeah, <laughs> or
3: went ahead and bought an extra fork this year so we don't just have to pass the fork around and everybody right. eats off the same fork.
4: <laughs> yeah, right, because it's saliva born on that I, for two years. Yeah, I, yeah,
3: I, what, I, just, I Yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll finish strong that's what we do text line 415-295-KFTC
5: Armstrong and Getty
2: if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me Jay Harris that you won't want to miss Playing Dirty Sports Scandals each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever I'm talking Marcus Dixon
0: To celebrate the season, haven't eaten all day. My, my tummy is grabbing cause I've been saving up space. I've got my place at the table, can't fit no more on my plate. I've got my fork in my hand, ready to stuff my face. So hang on the turkey, potatoes, casserole dishes, cause I
3: Country Pants on, the new song from Carrie Underwood.
4: Is she trying to sound urban?
3: Uh, This is what all her songs sound
4: like. Mm. Um, This is what her country songs sound like. Um, Well, that I get, but uh, specifically her vocal pronunciations. A little odd for a girl of her sort.
3: That's what, eight out of ten country songs, they do that now. That's just the thing. Interesting. I would like that song. I like the idea. So she's trying to craft a new holiday favorite that, like, will be around for years. I got my stretchy pants on. It's a pretty good one. It's a good idea. Coming out of a different person. You can't be the skinniest, hottest chicken music and do a song about, I eat a lot and wear stretchy pants. It just ah, doesn't work.
4: Fidel did that song. You know, granted, she's currently A couple years ago.
3: yeah Adele, a couple of years ago. oh, what a huge smash hit that would have been. I got my stretchy pants on
4: right <laughs> although although she's established herself as a gal who knows her way around a ham, so if, if she if she threatened the stretchy pants, I'd think, oh, okay, maybe she's ready to return to the uh, more carefree days of yore. <laughs>
3: <laughs> knows which end is which on a ham, if you know what I'm saying. When She'd say yes to a little chocolate cake. the uh, All about that bass girl. If she'd sang this, you know, somebody like Meghan that. trainer, right. We'd all kind of join in. Yeah, I get you. Stretch your pants. Yeah, I'm feeling my pants are a little tight, too. But Harry Underwood, nah, I'm sorry.
4: Yeah, not ringing true. In fact, it just rings as smug.
3: Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's what I wasn't getting. It, it seems a little condescending, because you're yeah. not. You're always wearing the tightest, latest, fashionable, whatever, and you weigh 100 pounds. So don't be talking to me about stretching pants and other people in their skinny jeans.
4: Here's a song for you fat people with no self-control. Yep. <laughs> for me, a sexy supermodel.
3: Perfect. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Right. That is what that song is. Right. That's why it's a failure. Boo! I'm sexy and hot and skinny, but it must be tough being you. Here's a funny song about what it'd be like to be you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Why don't you all sit there and shovel pie into your pie holes while you listen to my new song? I'll be working out and eating a pee. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Here's the thing from the New York Times. I just wanted to read the headline. That um, Most health experts agree that it's okay to have a family gathering. Take our quiz for tips to lower the COVID risk at
4: yours. Shut up. Shut up. Up, how long um, are you gonna live the like hunkered down cheating your lifestyle, your yourself out of your life? You realize that the year that went by, the year and a half, the going on two years, you don't get those back again. You seriously want to add another year onto there to avoid the? Depending on who you are, your age, your health, etc., the one in a thousand, a one in a million chance you get seriously ill or die. Oh, I
3: hate that the the extended family didn't get together last year during the the, the heart of COVID. horrible that that happened. And then do
4: it again? No way. I didn't see my mom for most of the last year of her life because of COVID and my dad's concern. Um, You know, and and I totally understand that. But uh, yeah, I feel cheated. I feel really cheated.
3: Um, Trump's got a book coming out. Have you heard this? Our journey together that includes more than 300 photographs along with captions written by the president. I found that kind of interesting and I can see how if you're Big Trump fan or you got a big Trump fan in your family why that might be interested in uh buying that. Bit pricey. It's seventy five dollars. Oh. Or two thirty, two hundred and thirty dollars if you want a signed copy, which actually seems kind of the the unsigned one seems too high. The signed one seems pretty reasonable. Signed by the president? Really?
4: Yeah, I was just gonna ask if Mexico was gonna pay for the book too, but apparently not. <laughs> I gotta pay for that.
3: It's not a comprehensive look back on his presidency. Rumors of a more exhaustive memoir by Trump have been circulating in recent months. The former president has boasted of turning down offers from two publishers. Um, this summer, in a statement released through his political action committee, Mr. Trump said he was writing like crazy. And I quote, And promised that when the time comes, you'll see the book of all books. He's writing like crazy, and you're going to see the book of all books. Okay. All right. I'll wait.
4: Hmm? Let me know when it's ready. Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Getty are brought to you today by
6: two ominous notes separated by six octaves.
3: Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. That was scary.
4: Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew, beginning in the control room with our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought? Yeah, went to buy my eating pants like I do every year, out of luck due to supply chain issues. So to my family, I'm going to be eating in boxer shorts this year. I'm sorry. Oh, I got my Lord. stretchy pants on. Get your Dunlop going. Hey, uh, young Alex, our behind-the-scenes producer has a final thought. Alex? Yeah, that Carrie Underwood song comes off as a little
3: tone-deaf to me, too. If I wanted to hear a song about a fat slob who will do nothing, I'll listen to my own
4: music, hey, not yours, what? Carrie's. Hey, there you what? go. Two, three, four. Uh, Jack, a final thought to share? We
3: didn't do enough of this today. Thanking all of you who donated to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station last week. What did we end up with, A total, roughly? Over $1.5 million. Unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
4: Yes, indeed. I I echo that sentiment. Thanks a million. Uh, And and finally, uh, there were a couple of Scorigamis in recent weeks. You're not familiar with a scoragami? It's when the NFL gives us a final score that's never been seen before. And the Colts' 41-15 win over the Bills gave us one on Sunday. There's never been that final score in the NFL. That doesn't seem possible. Interestingly, the Colts also had a score agami back in week nine when they beat the Jets 45 to 30. How Might is thought forty-five that would have happened? How is 45 to 30 and never before? God, that's amazing. You know what I think it is? It's just that it's fairly rare anybody gets that many points. And then there's a limited number of uh, you know, point totals their, their opponents would have had, and that's just never happened before. And back in week six, the uh the Rams beat the Giants 38-11. to 11. That was a score of Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Why they call it that, I have no idea. So many people who think so little time go to armstrongandgetty.com. You want to get some swag in time for the holidays for Christmas? Uh, got some great Let's Go Brandon stuff. Uh, drop us an email if there's something we ought to be talking about. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com.
3: Yep, got good stuff already lined up for tomorrow. We'll see you then. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. You now, I know you guys are having fun playing your game.
5: I have a responsibility to say things that people need to know.
4: Go over there and kick their commie ass. So we do have to be really careful. You
5: dare to dance in the path of greatness. And boom goes the dynamite. So
3: let's go out with the bang.
4: I feel like we need to get a pie up in here. That's what I feel. Don't go to pie too early, son. <laughs> Once you go to pie, you'll never go back, says I. <laughs> or something. I'm
6: Joe Biden, and I forgot this to. message. Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.